All right, Diego. You there? Yep. All right, we're going live. Uh, all right, I didn't know if you needed to do your intro or if you just record that later. No intro, straight into it. You're a pro now. All right, that sounds good. Live all podcast. Right, so, um, yeah, I guess maybe I should. This is Nar from Vigo. Vigo, you've been asking me to come on the show for a while, which I actually appreciate. Good work. No problem. I figure with the playoffs coming up, this is a good time to talk about how close this league has been this year. I don't think I ever remembered being this close. I, I cannot remember it either. I mean, eight teams in playoff contention. There's seven teams above 500 right now. It's awesome. Yeah, I looked it up, and I, I want to go back and checking it now. Um, I think there was only one year when every team in the playoffs or five out of the six teams had eight wins or more. Um, most, year, most years I feel like we have at least one sub-500 team in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, I think there's usually like a six and seven team, and I mean, if Hudson wins, we have eight teams finish. Not sorry, not Hudson. If Moose wins, we have eight teams finish over five hundred. Yeah. Um, Which really just means me and Anton are picking up the slack on the loss column, but that's still really good for the league, I think. It is. It's definitely one of the better years the league's had, and I feel like most people have had good seasons. Even I mean, Anton's record doesn't really tell the story of his team. Um. I mean, I don't think he has the lowest point total overall. I think he's definitely got more than... No, he's he's up to, I think, 8. He's got... Or, um, no, not he's 8. Got the, he's got the 10th highest point total. He's got a little bit more than both Hudson and CB. And he's only 15 points back at you. Yeah, let's not talk about that, but... Yeah, well... Well, I, 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 put him, I put him ahead of me in the rankings. If you looked at point totals over the last six weeks of the season, Anton's, like, right in the middle of the league. Yeah, no, he hasn't had a bad year. Um... Well, he also kind of abused Fuse on that last trade. He kind of has had a bad year because he's 2-10. and 10, But Right. And yeah, it's, it's not as bad as it thinks. And yeah, Fuse, I, I hope people realize, I hope Fuse realizes this. He would have won every game since that trade if he hadn't made the trade. Yeah, and it's funny because when he made it, I actually thought he got far and away the better end of it. But it Rodgers was, last week just convinced me that it's too boom or bust. I, it was really hard to say you got the better end of that. I mean... Hudson, or not, not Hudson, Anton definitely got the better running back in Lynch over Turner. And the wideouts, I mean, Knicks is maybe as good as A.J. Green on a healthy Knicks season, but this isn't a healthy Knicks season. Yeah, and, and that's really what it's come down to. I thought that Knicks was going to just get healthier each week from the time that, that Fuse, you know, got him. And if he's getting healthier, it's just not happening fast enough. And... I thought that at that point the Packers were going to start to roll and look like last year's Packers, and you know that's happened sometimes. But the last two weeks they really haven't looked good, and it's costing me. Per- yeah, no, I, me. I know it's costing you with your wideouts. I've kind of too been like every time they have a good game, like I keep thinking like, all right, now they're back to 2011. They're going to roll off like five in a row, like 600 yard games of offense, and they they just yeah. don't do it consistently this year. I was amazed at how at how poorly they played against the Giants, especially because. It was like their third play from the scrimmage last week. They had that play to Jordy Nelson. I thought that it was going to be one of those games where each team scored, you know, five touchdowns. Yeah, like the game last year against the Giants in the regular yeah, season. That's. I really thought we were in for a rematch of pretty much last year's, you know, uh, regular season game between them. But it really looked more like the playoff game. The defense for the Giants just dominated them. Yeah, the, the Giants. The Giants D won that game more than anything else. But Rodgers didn't look great either. No, he didn't. He he. Well, you know what the thing, and I, I was watching the game. With a Giants fan, and he couldn't believe it either. Um, how often they just kept going to Cobb, they just kept feeding it to Cobb, whether he was open or not, or whether he had much of a running lane. They just were determined to throw it to him. And I mean, he's he's the number one target on their team. 
Yeah, he is, but at the same time, you know, they weren't even looking downfield, and I think that was a product of the Giants' secondary played much better than it normally does, and the pass rush really just obliterated the Packers' line, so he didn't really have time to look downfield. But he was pretty much running dump-offs and, and little swings to Cobb all night, and I mean, that's why they scored as few points as they did. Yeah. I mean, when, when the Giants' D-line is playing that well, I think they're the best unit in football. Like, yeah, I, I agree. they are so disruptive in terms of what they do to an offense. Like, they, they take an offense out of the game by themselves, those four players. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Um, and I obviously hate the Giants, and I was sad to see Eli finally win a game, but they, they, they looked pretty good as a team. Yeah, so the first podcast we did, I think, was week two. Yeah, you were, you were my first host. It got, it got good reviews, actually. Yeah, I, I heard. But so I remember at that point, the Phillies were coming alive for the wild card, and you were optimistic that they might pull it out. And <laughs> the Eagles haven't won since. <laughs> yes, I'm well aware that the Eagle, the Phillies have won more recently than the Eagles, and we've lost seven straight games. I mean, the entire city has given up. I've given up. I did not watch Monday night. I had nothing else to do. I had no reason. I just did not turn the game on for one second. I didn't want to watch. I mean, since the sad of the other day was like, since we fired Juan Castillo, we're allowing like 78% completion and have no picks. Like it's, this is the worst, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. 78% completion over like five or six games. Yeah. They really may be the only team that, that seems further away from success than the Jets. Uh, yeah. Maybe I mean, Kansas City. I, I, I can't remember a football season like this. Like, we, we, if, the, if the draft was right now, we'd have the fourth pick. Like, I don't think we've had a top ten pick since, pick since McNabb in 98. Yeah, I was going to say that I think between, like, records and then tie breaks at the bottom, the Eagles are actually the worst in the NFC, you know, in terms of draft order. Oh, we are. We're last in the NFC. And then in the AFC, there's uh, – who is Casey, Oakland, and I think Jacksonville are below Jacksonville, us. Yeah. Well, those are the three teams that I need to start winning so that the Jets can start moving up the draft board. What because you, amazingly, I think the Jets, if the season ends today, I don't think they'd be a top ten uh, draft pick. Which you, is you guys have five, awful. four wins or five wins? They've got four wins, and the biggest problem for the Jets is that now they have five relatively easy opponents on the schedule. Um, they've got Jacksonville, San Diego, Arizona. Uh, Buffalo's in there one more time, and I forget who the last team is, but they have, like, the Jets could wind up with, like, seven wins, which would just be the worst thing, because, first of all, they wouldn't make the changes they need to make, and they'd still pick, like, 15th. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, Dan, did, I assume you watched the Thanksgiving game, like, did that ruin your day? Yeah, I, you know what, it didn't even ruin my day, because, well, the thing that I found amazing was, you know, the Jets got ruined by Miami, and then they had a bye, and then they got ruined by Seattle, and then they had that one decent game against St. Louis, and every Jets fan was talking, oh, well, if they play well, they could definitely beat New England, and I, I didn't understand what people were watching, because the Jets literally played one good game in a month, and it was against a bad team. New England, and, New England's uh, rolling I, I out there. I knew they were going to lose. I mean, it was worse than anything I ever would have expected. I thought they'd lose, like, 31-14 kind of thing. But well, the th- the three touchdowns in a minute really didn't help. No, it didn't, and and it hurt. It hurts when your quarterback just slides into your lineman's ass. That was, I mean, that's. I, I know everyone says this is literally one of the funniest plays I've ever seen in sports. I, I, I mean, I cracked up watching it. It's almost the kind of thing now where if you're taking the Jets seriously, there's something wrong with you because there's almost nothing that they do well. I mean, their special teams used to be. Uh, during the Jets' worst years, you know, they, they at least had a good special teams unit. Now, 
They get punts blocked. They fumble all the time. They can't fair catch the ball. It's, it's unbelievable. I don't think they do anything well. Um, Cromartie's actually, I mean, Cromartie's quietly having a, a really good season. One of the better ones of his career. He's also playing offense, isn't he? Like, I've seen him line up a few times. Yeah, they did that. Well, it was funny. During training camp, they said they were going to do that, and then they they didn't do it for a little while, and then they brought him in. They actually, you know what? They were in a really good play on Monday Night Football against the Texans back in early October. Um, Cromartie just basically ran down the sideline, and Sanchez overthrew him by, like, uh, you know, two feet. And um, if he hadn't, I, I think he really would have had some, like, a 70-yard touchdown. Does he have so, a catch? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if he actually has a catch. If he does, he's got like one or two. Um, and the funny thing is that he probably would be better than most of their wide receivers. I mean, you look at their wide receivers. Well, he's, he's a better football player. He's a better athlete than any of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, the Jets' top wide receiver is Jeremy Curley, who I like. He's a good third wide. You know, he was a good third wide receiver last year for them. Um, but he's, he's not a top wide receiver. He's a small guy, so he can't really play on the outside that well. He's got to play in the slot. Stephen Hill, who I was really excited about, just can't He's a he ton of drops. Like, every time you see Stephen Hill play, like, he just drops open passes. Well, I mean, I think we've got a couple of Pats fans in this league, so they undoubtedly have not forgotten his drop against the Patriots at Foxborough back in October when... If he'd caught, if he'd caught uh, just a really easy curl route that he ran, if he'd caught it, the Jets likely wouldn't have been able to score a game-winning touchdown in regulation, and instead he dropped it, and they wound up kicking the field goal, and then the Pats came back and tied it and won it. So, so just not a good time. So, so Rex Ryan's gone, right, after the season? Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't think he is. Really? Um, you know, the, the thing is, uh, is that I've been hearing from New York uh, from New York Sports Radio that Woody Johnson likes him too much to fire him. And the crazy-ass thing is that they they went after Peyton Manning last season, and when they didn't get him because nobody in their right mind would sign him to play with the Jets right now, they renegotiated Sanchez's contract, and they made his guaranteed money next year and his cap hit so high that they can't afford to, uh, to cut him. And I think they're going to keep... Rex Ryan and, and Mike Tannenbaum to go with him, too. So Sounds like a great plan you guys got there for the future. What's up? It sounds like a great plan you guys got there for the future. It, it, it's unbelievable. I really think that next year's Jets team is going to look very similar to this year's Jets team, save for you know whoever they draft. And, and, and the thing about the Jets is everybody complains about their wide receivers and Sanchez. They, they don't have an offensive line. No, it's, it's awful. That's the problem the Eagles are having this year, too. Except the Eagles actually do have good offensive players, but the line is just atrocious. Yeah, so, anyway, both our teams are screwed. Do you yeah. want to talk about fantasy? Because yeah. I see we've been going for like 10 minutes now with the NFL. That's the consensus, yeah. Most people I talk to, Hunts Potter, Jets, and Eagles fans, so we, we rehash the same misery together. Yeah, let's get into this. This is a, like this is an amazing week to watch. I'm, I'm excited just to like root for certain teams this week. Um I don't know. You put together all the the whole scenarios of uh, playoff punching. Let's go through those. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I have a little bit more free time these days than I'd like. So I figured things out this morning. Um, Lamb Chop is in. Lamb Chop and Lionel are the only two that have clinched playoff spots, and Lamb Chop clinched a bye. Um, he's probably going to be the number one seed unless he loses and Lionel wins and outscores him by 375 points. So let's, let's call Lamb Chop the one seed. He actually is going to lose it. I'm going to beat him this week, but he'll he'll get his one seed. Yeah, I mean, I actually wouldn't mind 
you if you beat him just because 10 wins hasn't happened very often in this league, and I know I did it last year. I think Lamchop did too, but I wouldn't be upset if uh, if Lamchop didn't reach 10 wins, even though it doesn't really matter. Well, that said, I mean, it, who cares about the wins? If he gets, I think it's 99 points, he sets the all-time league scoring record. Yeah, and I think you pointed out in the power rankings that he hasn't had a double-digit week all year, so... Yeah, so, although... You know, it, it is, but like I'm watching Thursday Night Football right now. He's got Breeze, Graham, Julio Jones, and they're not. None of them are doing anything. He's having a really bad week so far. It's midway through the first half. Yeah, I, I saw that, and you know, Breeze was nothing special last week, thank God. And I played by him chop last week, and Graham did nothing. Also, I actually, I thought that they were going to be what killed me going into the afternoon, and late afternoon games. So yeah, so Lamb Chop is is the one seed. Lionel's actually, you know, he's in the playoffs, but. There's a decent chance that if he loses, he's going to wind up the sixth seed after being in second place pretty much all year. He was actually in first place pretty much all year. He was a win That's ahead true, of. Yeah. He was Lionel got to eight and one, and he's lost three straight, and he could lose four straight right now. I mean, what what do you think of his team? Do you think he is even a threat in the playoffs, or do you think he's just one and done? Uh, you know, the way that his team has been playing, I, I don't have much expectation from him. Uh, he's starting. Two running back. I mean, he's got Matt Ryan, which is usually pretty, you know, pretty safe bet. And he's starting Roddy White. That's a safe bet. But Sproles and Dwyer are not the running backs you really want going into the playoffs. Um, well, he's got Jones Drew on his bench. Uh, yeah, MJD should will be back if not this week, then next week, I think. Yeah, and and we'll have to see how he comes back. He's having a really weird year between the holdout and the injuries, so he's not somebody I trust. Reggie Wayne has been great for PPR, is nice, but a lot of him depends on on Andrew Luck, and that's the same thing that I've got to worry about. We'll get to my team eventually, but yeah, I mean Lionel's team is is all his wideouts, and like Victor Cruz has been really he's on a bad stretch, mostly because Eli sucks, and yeah. then I mean he's probably got the best wideout combination in the league at the moment. Um, if they if they all play the potential, obviously. you know I don't know about in the moment. Like on unit strength, he's still number one. But yeah. he used to have a much bigger lead, and uh, like other people have caught up to him. Like, I'm not sure I wouldn't take your wideouts over his, but it's a tough call. Uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I want to hold off on my team, but my wideouts are actually really scaring me right now. The thing that scares me, I mean, the thing that would make me most hesitant about uh, Lionel is that he's starting Brandon Whedon, and Cleveland is just so bad. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't have an OP player. Um, he doesn't have an OP, and, and the Texans' defense, which has been good for most of the years, looked like garbage recently. Uh, I think I heard a stat they've let up 78 points in the last two games. Really? And one of those games was Jacksonville. Well, they've gone to o, they've gone to OT two games in a row, but yeah, Jacksonville and Detroit. Listen, giving up a lot of points to the Lions is respectable, but, I mean, Jacksonville almost beat them at home, which is really bad. Uh, yeah, mean, that, that, was, that was a strange game. No one really understood that. And then look, look at Lionel's team also. Over the second half of the season, he's 11th in points scored. Like, this is – he's not playing like a playoff team as of recent at all. Oh, uh, he, he definitely doesn't have a momentum going. I mean, the amazing thing is, to me, the hottest team right now, even hotter than Lionel, and I'm sure you would agree, is Priest. I mean, not Lionel. I meant Lamb Chop. <laughs> yeah, I hope Priest. you meant Lamb Chop. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that in Priest's uh, Priest rankings. It's like, second half of the season, he's right on LC's pace. Like, he, yeah. he, he's – Priest is right there. Um so let's let's go through the rest of your uh, the scenarios, then we can talk about each team. Yeah. So all right. So like I said, Lionel's in, but where he's going to fall, I have no idea. Um, the other seven and five teams. I mean, it's a simple for every team that's seven and five. If they win, they're in the playoffs. Um, Priest is playing Yoni this week, so obviously one of them has to win and one of them has to lose. Well, they could tie. 
they could tie, which would suck for both of them. But it's possible that they tied. Um, I actually no, no. I guess they both. Well, it's possible that they tied and both Fuse and I jumped their their point totals, which is really unlikely. It's possible that they could both miss the playoffs if if Moose beats me, and then Fuse wins, and both Fuse and I had more. Oh, well, you know, I, I take that back. If they tie, they have fewer losses. Never mind. It, it doesn't matter. They're not going to tie. Uh, no, they're not. They're not going to tie. So we they're don't even need to waste time so, on that. So, Priest and Yoni, one of them is going to win, one of them is going to lose. The loser, if it's Yoni, he's in a ton of trouble because if he loses, then the odds are that um, he's going to get caught by someone points-wise. So, I mean, just going with the scenarios, Noah gets into the playoffs with a win or me, Yoni, or Fuse losing. He has such a huge points lead over the other seven and five teams that no one can realistically catch him. Yeah, Noah's number two overall. In points, yeah. I mean, what do I have the standings? He's got like 1,500-something, right? He's got 1,539 and a half, and then the next closest is Priest at 1,476. Yeah, no, no, yeah. He's got got a 64-point lead over Priest. I I don't think anybody gets outscored by 64 points when they're playing well. Um, I mean, it's possible, but it's it's hard. Noah's fine on points. Yeah. Yeah. Priest Priest gets in with a win. Again, I'm not even going to bother saying with a win because all the 7-5s get in with a win. But the other way Priest gets in is with a Noah loss or a Fuse loss or me losing while Moose doesn't outscore him by 32.5. Yoni gets in with a Fuse loss while holding on to his his points lead or a Noah loss while holding on to that points lead or me losing while not getting outscored by me or Moose. Getting complicated, Vigo. He can lose and get in, but if he, he can still lose and get in, but the problem is that if he loses, the odds are that either Moose or I are going to outscore him yep. by all the margins, because Moose only has to outscore him by 5, and I only have to outscore him by 15. Odds are if he loses, he, he's out. But, I mean, it's possible that he has a big week and Priest just has an even bigger week, which has happened to a bunch of people, and then he still can get in. Yep. And then for me, I mean, I actually am in, I, I'm actually in the worst position because I'm playing Moose, and I'm seven and five. Moose is six and six, and he has eight more points than me for the season. So if he wins, he gets the tiebreak over me, obviously. Um, yeah, which, which is not good. The only, way, the only way I can get in, other than winning, is by Yoni losing and Fuse losing, and me outscoring Yoni by thirteen. Um, everybody else, the way that I worked it out, everybody else has a bunch of different ways of getting in. I've only got two possibilities. Uh, yeah, even, I mean, I, I think even Moose has even Moose has two possibilities. Yeah, but one of your possibilities is win. Like it's still in your own destiny. Yeah, I mean, if I like I said, for every seven and five team, you're in if you win. So it's it's not the end of the world. Fuse gets in with a win, or Yoni losing. Um, but if if Yoni loses, you know, Fuse needs to outscore Yoni by by fifty one, or if I lose, Fuse needs to outscore me by thirty eight and a half. And outscore Moose by 46 and a half. So Fuse is in a lot of trouble, too. And then Moose is the only guy that needs to win and get help. He needs to win, and he needs Fuse to lose, or he needs Yoni to lose, and he needs to outscore Yoni by 5, or he needs Priest to lose and outscore Priest by 32 and a half. So Moose, Moose is... My, my guess is that if... I think if Moose wins, he's going to make the playoffs because... I just I think Yoni's going to lose to Priest, and I think Moose would outscore Yoni by five if Moose won and Yoni lost. But we'll see. Moose, and, and Moose is the only contender of the of the you know six people vying for a buy. He's the only one that can't actually get a buy. Right. That that's true because he's two games back to Lionel. 
Right. He's two games back of Lionel, so there's no way for him to catch an eight-win team. Now, I did not check your math on all those point differentials, but I'm going to assume you're right. Yeah, I mean, I went over them. I'm pretty sure that they're right. Um, well, you kind of confused yourself with those emails this afternoon. What'd you say? So you kind of confused yourself with those emails this afternoon. Yeah, you know what it was? I had it in my head because because uh, Noah has so many points. I had it in my head that he was the team that had been playing out of its mind, but it's actually Yoni. I, I think I wrote Yoni's won five in a row. Yeah, Yo- Yoni's season is, um, like, he got to two and one, I think, and then lost four straight, and now he's won five straight. Yeah. So, like, um, he, he's just a very, very streaky team. Um, he really is. So, what, what do you think of the power rankings? I think I wrote this, but the two through five spots, Priest, Vigo, Noah, Yoni, was one of the hardest um, weeks I've ever done in my life, and I think, in terms of ranking. Like, I, I almost put all four of you at a dead tie. Yeah, I agree. I was actually surprised that you ranked me as high as three just because, and, and again, I'm going to get to what scares me about my team, but um, I was surprised you put me as high as three just because I thought that, I mean, Yoni's won five in a row and I'm two and two over my last four, but, you know, I think my I think the, the, thing, the thing my team most has going for it is that it has a ton of potential upside if everything breaks its way. Um, I, I mean... I could have, I think I've got a team that could beat either Priest or, or Lamb Chop if everything went my way, but unfortunately everything has gone my way maybe twice this year. Yeah, I, I agree. You're good upside. The team that – it was Noah that I had more likely to be ahead of you, except for the Gronk injury. I just think really, really hurts this yeah, team at an unfortunate that, that, time. That's really bad. Um, I, I don't know exactly when Gronk's coming back. I, I don't think he comes back until maybe the semifinals or the finals. I thought he was out for the regular season. Um, is that not true? I thought he was out four weeks from the time he injured himself, and that was oh, you might, two weeks ago. But I'm not, I'm not positive about that. And I mean, it's a broken arm, so it sounds like it should take a while to heal from. But these guys always come back fast. And as much as it kills me to say, Gronk's one of the tougher guys in the league. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to play with a broken arm, honestly. Yeah, no, neither would I. Um, you might be right. So all right, so we we already talked about um. We don't need to talk about Lamb Chop's team. He gets enough press. Let's um, let's look at this Priest and Yoni matchup and kind of go through each of these teams. Yeah, and I actually wrote something up just because I didn't want to wing that. I'm gonna just like open up their matchup, but you know, the, the I wrote down three players. I felt like each team, you know, kind of the key. And for, for Priest, I wrote down that. Vigo, I'm very impressed by your preparedness for this podcast. By the way, <laughs> no problem. Um. I wrote down, you know, for Priest, Bryce Brown is going to be a big thing. I mean, he put up 31 points. I'd never even heard of him, honestly, but I don't follow the Eagles at all, so. Well, I had, but I did not expect him to put up 31 points. Yeah, I mean, he he, he torched Carolina's defense, and Dallas isn't a whole lot better. Um, The only difference being that he's got to go on the road this week. I I don't really know how much that affects him, but, you know, if he does wind up doing that again, what an enormous pickup for Priest to just plug in a running back one in the middle of the, you know, at the end of the season pretty well, much. Well, the problem for Priest is that uh, Bryce Brown's going to start this week, but then it's very likely once McCoy comes back, they're going to be time-sharing the rest of the way. And Priest, yeah. is, I think, is going to have a difficult choice going with, I'm sure, I mean, if McCoy's active, he's really got to go with McCoy. But, I agree. But, but Brown's going to be getting a lot of touches, not going to be like McCoy getting 20, 22 carries a game. Uh, 
it, it's going to be a bad timeshare situation, especially because I think the Eagles are going to want to see what they have in Brown, which is they they might have another guy who's very much like McCoy, and McCoy's not having a great year, which is good because I almost wanted to drink. When I thought that Foster was going to go one, I, I was almost ready to take McCoy too over Ray Rice, and really curious if that happened. How I, I would I would not have done that. Um... Well, it's a good thing. Hey, listen, it never came to pass, but... I've actually always thought McCoy is a little overrated as a fantasy player. Like, I, he had a huge... He had, like, 20 touchdowns last season. Like, that... He, I, I, like, I didn't think he'd have more than 12 this year. And I, I don't even think he's saying. got more the, than... The only issue... Is, you know, and his biggest issue, I'm sorry, is that he plays in that stupid Andy Reid offense, at least for five more games until they fire him. Yep. And okay. for some reason, Andy Reid looks at, ha- at one of the best players on his team and decides he doesn't need to get him the ball at all. No no one knows what Andy Reid thinks. I mean, we just, yeah. we gave up trying to think. I'm looking right now. Yeah, he's got two rushing touchdowns on the season. He had 17 last year. He has two this year. Yeah, that's that's insanity. So, I don't know. The other, the other two guys I thought that were interesting for Priest are Torrey Smith, who I looked at his point total, and in his last, you know – Five weeks, including a bye, he's gone 6, 12, 19, half a point, and 20 and a half. So how do you know what you're going to get from him? You, you um, don't. He's um he's a big game player. I, I do actually I, – I like the way Priest team is constructed right now because he's got – he's pretty solid in quarterback and running back. And then yeah. his wideouts are all big game players. And if he gets one of them, that's enough. Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't put much stock in this, but I mean, his worst game was against Pittsburgh two weeks ago. He had one catch for seven yards. Um, and that was a really weird, that was that Sunday night game. That was a weird game. It actually was a terrible game. So, you know, I, I don't put much stock in it, but it is worth noting. That, that was that 13 10 game, right? Which one? That was a 13 10 game, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that game was awful. I, I, well, there's never a lot of offense in Baltimore Pittsburgh matchups. I mean, no, there really isn't. Um, I, you know, but I actually remember, I think it was last year when they played on, like, Sunday night in Pittsburgh, or Monday night, whatever it was, Torrey Smith had that touchdown at the very end that wound up beating them. So, you know, I, I don't put a ton of stock in what he did against Pittsburgh. The, the only other guy that I thought was, was going to be interesting is going to be Vincent Jackson. Agreed. He's having a really good season. Vincent Jackson? I think so. He's playing... Yeah, he, he has been having a good season. He has a couple of, you know, mediocre games here and there. Um... My concern is that Denver's defense has been looking really good lately, and they have to go into Denver. Um, so, you know, it's just it, – it, it's tougher. You know, he's had some bigger games, but they haven't been against the greatest opponents. Um, look, uh, yeah, Casey and He had 20 Orleans. points against Carolina. He had 36.5 against New Orleans, but, I mean, there's no defense I would want less than New Orleans. He had a big game against Kansas City, who doesn't have a bad defense. And he had a big game against the Giants, and everyone can throw on the Giants except for the Packers, apparently. So – it seems like he does well against bad defenses, but Denver's got a good defense, so we'll have to see what happens. No, that, that's a good point. The reason I like Vincent Jackson this year is he, I mean, in past years, he's had his big games, then he'll have, like, three straight games of, like, two points. Like, he's been a lot more consistent in Tampa's he offense. Yes, I mean, I had him last year, and he'd have 40 points one week and three points the next week, and I would have no idea what to do with him. Yeah. I think... I think Heath Miller is going to be bad news for Priest because I don't trust the Steelers to throw the ball at all. No, Miller's not going to do much. But Listen, he, but, but he's been a pretty good like, just touchdown vulture around the end zone most of the year. Yeah, and he, on the other side, he's also matched up against Brandon Myers from Yoni. Right. He's not really like a stud tight end by any standard whatsoever. No, not really. And then on the other side, for, for you know, I'll, I'll try to speed this up for Yoni. He, no, has, he has Ryan Matthews, who... 
sucks, honestly. I don't understand what what happened to this guy. He came out of college and they thought he was going to be the next LaDainian Tomlinson. He, he's terrible. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched a ton of their games, mostly because watching Phil Rivers makes me cry this season. Yeah. But, I mean, he was like, a, the last two years, he's been like a borderline first-round draft pick, and he's been injured and banged up, but like, he hasn't had, like, he's done nothing this season. Yeah, well, I mean, it's he wasn't even a clear starter when he came back. If you told me somebody had Ryan Matthews and Doug Martin on their team, I would have assumed that, that their seasons would almost have been reversed. Oh, well, the, Doug Martin had, had high upside potential, but, but I agree. I mean, people were talking Matthews like he was the fourth, fifth, sixth best running back in the league. And yeah. he, he, his high in yards is 95. He's got one rushing touchdown in the season. Like, he's, 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 not, not, he's not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and then the other two guys I had here were Brandon LaFell, who I cannot believe is starting in a fantasy football game. Um, I can't I can't imagine how there's no better wide receiver out there. I didn't really look at the waiver wire for receivers right now, but... Well, look, it's all LaFell's last two games. He's got 17.5, 14.5. Yeah, I know. They've been going to him more, which has actually been hurting me because when they go to LaFell, they don't go to Greg Olson. But... Right, but look at his last two games. Tampa and Philly, both awful... Awful pass defenses. Kansas City has a better defense than you'd think from a team that sucks as much as they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually own LaFell the first two or three weeks in the season and then dropped him. I'm, I'm a little surprised Yoni is starting him, but he's, he probably had more points recently than anyone else on the waiver wire, I'm going to guess. Yeah, and then and then the last guy I wrote down was Carson Palmer. because I, Palmer, i got to give him credit. I actually was pretty hard on him. Um, he's not a great quarterback. I mean, look at Oakland's record, but uh, he's been a great fantasy quarterback. Uh, I'm looking at his numbers. He's had more than 20 points in all but four weeks this year. Oh, Palmer's been top 10 in points, yeah. and he's very consistent also, as you just pointed out. Yeah, and, and he's going against Cleveland's secondary, which is just bottom five secondary. So that could be a really big day for him, especially if he finds Brandon Myers, you know, that – that could work out really well for Yoni. Uh, I, I think this game's going to be great. I just I think Priest is going to come out slightly on top. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm a little I'm a little worried about Tony Romo. I mean, obviously he's playing the Eagles, who suck. But the Eagles they usually play him pretty well. And I mean, Romo's had a few good games in a row. Like he just he, he can never play good for that long. Like he's not in him. So right. no, I I definitely agree with you on that. I, I don't know. I, I could see. I, I don't want to give any faith to Eagles D, but I could see them having a decent game against Romo. And and the other thing about Priest is Peyton Manning hasn't like, – he's come down to earth a little bit. He had like six straight weeks of 300 yards in the middle of the season and like three touchdowns. Yeah. And his last his last four, 22-20, 23-20. Like that, that's, that's really consistently good scoring, but 20 points from Peyton Manning won't win you a week. You need like 35 points from Peyton Manning to win you a week. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, this game is going to be close. Uh, Yoni really like Calvin Johnson's been playing so well these last four weeks. Like that's Yoni's Yoni's best chance of beating good teams is Calvin Johnson giving him thirty points. I think. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a safe assumption. Because um, he's got he's got Calvin Johnson, Doug Martin, and then like no one else on his team. I guess Palmer. Like no one else even has like big game potential. I know Shab that one huge game, but. I don't really consider Schaub as, like, a big-game potential player. No, he's really not. Um, you know, I guess he's been – I mean, I, the only thing is that now Andre Johnson's starting to look like Andre Johnson again as opposed to whatever the hell happened to him the first half of the season. Yeah, he, he stepped it up. 
and 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 that could definitely help. But the other thing is, you know, the the Texans, and I watch a ton of Texans games nowadays because I have um, Arian Foster. Uh, the Texans have a tendency to get it down around the five and just give it to Foster, and I, I'm assuming that means that. You know, Schaub is just seeding touchdowns left and right. It's the kind of thing where as soon as they get in the end zone, I don't turn it on again until I see that they're in the red zone. But I'm just assuming it means that Schaub is not putting up the touchdown numbers that he has in previous years. I mean, I don't think Schaub's ever thrown for 30 touchdowns in his career. I'm actually pretty, pretty confident about saying that. He's like, okay. he's, he's never, he had one big, his first year, I think, in Houston, or the first year he stayed healthy, he had a really big yardage year. He threw for... Like maybe forty eight hundred back when not everyone threw for forty eight hundred. Like right. he, he led the league by like three hundred yards or so, and he's yeah, got a reputation. He's got a reputation like based off that year, but he's never had a like a great year since. Right? No, he, he really hasn't. Um, all right, I, I, I hate to go to it, but I feel like my matchup with with Moose is the second most interesting one, basically because. It's pretty much a playoff game. I think the winner. I mean, I know that if I win, I'm getting in. And like I said before, I think if Moose wins, he's getting in. Oh, it definitely is. Let's move on to that in one sec. First, tell me which sure. of these Yoni Priest. Who would you least like to play in the playoffs? Who are you more afraid of? I'm more afraid of Priest just because I watched. He, he beat me up a few weeks ago, and he put up 175 last week. I think he's got the second hottest team going into the playoffs, and he just might be tied with Lamb Chop early. Uh, yeah, you, you said it, especially because Breeze and Graham have not been amazing recently. So Lamb Chop may be a little vulnerable there. All right, let's, let's go you and uh, Moose, Battle of Tron 09. This is a playoff game. Yeah, no, this pretty much is a playoff game, and it's funny. When wow, wait, hold on. I just looked at projected points. It's 141 versus 142. I, I was just about to say, when I woke up this morning, um, I plugged in my, my waiver pickups, and it shifted the total to this. And it's wow. funny because before Tony Gonzalez scored his touchdown, Moose's projections had gone down a little, but now it's right back to where it started. And, um, I mean, that's correct. Actually, it just moved to 141 because yeah. the second half started. We're, we're so. doing this live. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm it, pumped. it really doesn't get much closer than that. And, and I was looking at this all day. I, I have no idea who's going to win this game between the two of us. Like, I mean, I the, three, to, the three of us are all watching. The three of us are all watching football on Sunday together, so I'm kind of pumped for this rivalry. Are you going to bring it's, the trash talk? I'm sorry, say that again? You're going to bring the trash talk to Moose on Sunday? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he's going to be yelling, I assume, and I'll probably laugh whenever funny, whenever bad things happen to his team. The thing That's about, usually how it goes when we play each other. I mean, the thing about Moose's team, and I've written and said this probably a bajillion times right now, is it's not good. It's not good. It's like, actually not good at all. Like, he, does, he, he does have some favorable matchups, though, and, and that's going to help him. All right, so who are you afraid of on Moose's team? Like, Larry Fitzgerald is, like, barely startable at this point. No, yeah, the thing is there's nobody on Moose's team that scares me, really. I, you know, things I wrote down here, you know, Fitzpatrick scares me because they're going against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville sucks, but Buffalo sucks, so I don't know what to make of that. Bradshaw is going to be interesting because I don't know what they're – Bradshaw wasn't really getting touchdowns because every time they got around the goal line, they were giving it to Andre Brown, but he just broke his leg and is done for the year. So Bradshaw might step it up, and that sucks because he's going Monday night. He's the only guy in this game going Monday night, and if it's close, I'm going to be having a heart attack. Uh, you know, nobody – I mean, the guy that scares me, I guess, more than anyone is Cam Newton because – Well, it, it should be. I, I mean, just saw what he did. Yeah, he, he had a good game against the Eagles, who we've already established are awful. But, yeah. I mean, that was Camden's only big game of the season. Yeah, no, you're right. Listen, there's nobody on Moose's team that I look at as being really good, but I hear he is at 6-6. Six and six. 
So, you know, it's hard to really criticize him. Yeah, but he got to, like, he was 4-1 and one at a point. Is that a 4-1 and one or 4-2? and two? I don't remember. Like, yeah, he oh, he had a huge losing streak in the middle of the season. Um, I looked at his schedule sometime this week, and he just – he's lost five of his last seven games. That's not a team that should be complete, competing for a playoff spot. No. Um, like, I don't know. It's, Ryan Fitzpatrick is never a good player second half of the season. Like, his last no. four games – 10, 24, 9, 12. So one good one, three bad ones. Yeah. The running back, I mean, Frank Gore, I always think, is not good. But he's actually, he's had a decent season. He has. I mean, I'm with you. I never think he's good because I, I had him a couple of years. Like, some, like two out of the last five years I had him and he was hurt and he was useless when he was healthy. But I'm looking at his point total. He's had more good games than bad ones. Um you know, again, it's, you know, he, he beat up on St. Louis a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm looking at he was 97 yards for a touchdown. So, I mean, the, the, player, right. the player that should scare you is Demarius Thomas going against Tampa. Yeah, and, and, and that's another one that's real close. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. The other big thing is that Miles Austin hasn't gotten into full practice this week. Yeah. Um, so, and, and they don't know what his status is going to be. Yeah, I, if Miles Austin doesn't play, I think I'm winning this week because there's no one that he can even play. I mean, his two other options of wide receiver are Gibson or Brandon Gibson and Kevin Walter, and I, I can't remember the last time either one of them did anything. Kevin Walter hasn't broken double digits since week seven, and Brandon Gibson has. Brandon Gibson beat up on the Jets apparently, but he went. He had. He had three catches for nine yards and two touchdowns, so that's more of an aberration than anything. All right, so so let's move on There's to the, nothing really there. So let's let's move on to the other side. Why is Ryan Broyles in your starting lineup right now? Yeah, so I mean, and I I was happy. I was actually nervous that I might not get him just because. So apparently Titus Young is an asshole and yeah. lined up in the wrong position, like purposely during that Thanksgiving game, and they basically told him that he's not going to get a lot of playing time the rest of the year which, you know, you can't screw around with your team's chances to win. So Broyles is now their number two wide receiver, and he had a huge game against the Texans D um, last week. And But, you know, that's not the reason he's starting. I picked him up because he's an interesting player, but the reason he's starting is because my other three wide receivers are Kendall Wright, who eh, not very good this year. I, I actually thought he would have a higher ceiling than he has. And the other two Green Bay wide receivers, I, I don't trust. Uh, James, last week I got really lucky. I was losing by something like 10 points or, or 9 points going into the night game. And then Jordy Nelson had that long touchdown, and that clinched it for me. And I started getting excited that that might give me a chance to, like, you know, draw closer to the other 7-5 and five teams that have more points than me. And I think Jordy had maybe one or two more catches, and, and not one target for James Jones all night. So I can't really trust a guy that they literally did not throw to once all week or all last week. And Greg Jennings is coming back off an injury, but I don't trust him either. So I, I can't really start any of my wide receivers. Um, I'm hoping that Greg Jennings comes back this week and has a good week, and then I can plug him in for the first round of the playoffs. But I, I don't trust either of the Green Bay guys, and Kendall Wright's not good enough. And Broyles just did have like nine catches for 130 yards. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, so is this decision is this decision pretty locked in in your mind, or you think you might juggle it around Sunday morning? I'd, I'd have to see something, you know, that like indicated that I'm not playing James Jones. So the only thing that could happen is if 
you know, I start reading that Greg Jennings is looking really good, and, you know, Minnesota's not very good. So, despite their record, if Greg Jennings gets in there and, and they say that he's going to be, you know, a big part of the offense, then that's one thing. But, I mean, I think Greg Jennings right now coming back off injury is probably their fourth option behind Cobb, Nelson, and uh, Jermichael Finley. Yeah, Finley actually had a good game. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's actually on the waiver wire, and I looked at picking him up. But he's another one that sometimes they look at him a lot, and sometimes they, they really just don't look at him at all. And he's had an awful, like, most of the season, I haven't looked at him at all. Like, he's been really... I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him, because I remember, I think it was pass. at the start of last year. He doesn't I, catch I the ball. He's the best tight end in football. He, yeah, but he can't catch. No, he has a ton of drops. I actually think I saw he has as many drops, you know, I think people were just under the impression, oh, well, he's improved from last year. But I think he, he's got just as many drops this year as last year. Yeah, he, he hasn't, he's not getting better. He's not improving as a player. He's the same player he's been for four years. No, and just like from an NFL note, I think that I, I think they're going to let him go at the end of this year. I don't think his contract runs through next year. And I, I think that they're going to let him go and try someone else. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know I don't know about his contract, but I would not be surprised. By the way, you're... It's like moved, a shocking turn of events from a guy that was so highly rated by so many people. Yep. I mean, I bought into it last year. I, I started him all year. <laughs> Moose is now projected 140, so you're up one point. Yeah, that, that doesn't do a lot for me. But so Broyles is kind of is somebody that I'm just kind of hoping will come through. But that, that's definitely a gamble, and, and we'll see what happens. But I mean, Matt Stafford still throws a ton. Yeah, and he has throw Calvin Johnson every play. Stafford's leading the league in uh, passing yards right now. He's my man. Yeah, so that's been good. The other the other big pickup that I made, and I, I went back and forth all week hoping that nobody would want these two, and nobody did, I guess, because I didn't know which one to make my number one. Uh, like, Waiver priority. The other one I picked up was the Jets D, and I mean, most of the year I wouldn't have touched the Jets D for but anything. They're going but, against Arizona. Yeah, but they're playing against Arizona, and Lindley has got to be the worst quarterback I've seen Arizona start over these last few years, and that's saying something from the team that started Max Hall. He, he he really is. I mean, it's unbelievable just how terrible. I mean, I watched. My brother's a Rams fan, so I was watching the Rams Cardinals game with him last week, and I, I didn't see Janoris Jenkins' second pick six, but his first pick six. Literally, Lindley just looked at him and then threw him the ball. Yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Like I've never seen the I've never seen like a worse looking pick six in my entire. No, they're awful. I don't know why Ken Wisenhunt still has a job. Like I don't think he's going too much longer. I, I think that I mean I think the fact that he got them to a Super Bowl like his first or his second year, he's built up so much immunity that he's just. I you guess know, around for you know it's what is it Simmons has the five year rule. I almost think he's the beneficiary of that. He made it to a Super Bowl, yeah. So he's, he's he's got a little insulation from these bad years, and it's not really his fault. I mean, they, they you know I guess the coach gets blamed for really everything, but they have not had a quarterback since Kurt Warner left, and it's really amazing. Like Larry Johnson, I mean Larry Fitzgerald rather could have been one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, and he is just wasting away on, like, the worst quarterback team in the last five years. I, I mean, Cobb wasn't awful as an Eagle. Like, something could be said that if their coaching staff kept developing him, he'd be decent by now. Yeah, I agree, but he's literally now just, like, their 1B option behind John Skelton. Yeah, I mean, now, they I mean they destroyed yeah, No, no, I mean, they totally ruined Cobb. I mean, that's a guy who had a decent NFL career, like, potential, and... At this point, I think they just destroyed him. I, I don't think he ever comes back. Yeah, no, no, he, he's done. So so let's move back to your team. I think Andrew Luck is the key to your postseason. Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, and he, you know, just clicking on his name, looking at his point total, you know, he's had some awesome weeks. And the last two, I mean, he got destroyed by New England. 
Um, I thought he was going to have a big week against Buffalo, and he didn't look like anything special. Um, no, he didn't. Like it, it's like I mean, r- rookies like he played well, but it's, it's hard for rookies to be consistent and play well entire seasons. Like you know, I agree with you. It's just I feel like he's you know he's supposed to be the exception to your standard rookie because of all the hype and everything. And listen, he's played like a quarterback one for me this year. I I, I can't complain. When I drafted him, I didn't expect to get as much out of him as I have. I thought that he'd be a high end QB two. And he's played like a quarterback one. But fortunately, he plays Detroit this week and Tennessee next week. And those should so, be big passing games. Yeah, so those can be big passing games. And then, but, but you know, the, the downside is he's got to play Houston. If I make it to the semifinals, he's got to play Houston that week. So that could be really bad. Um, are you are you he's, worried? He's definitely the key because my feeling is at this point, Jake Locker. If if I get 15 points from Jake Locker in any given week, I'm going to be thrilled. Yep, I would be too if I were you. That's that's all I can ask from him. He he is definitely not panned out as as highly as I hope. But he, he I mean he spent the whole season hurt. And the thing I like about Locker is that even when you're playing a decent secondary, he can run better than most white quarterbacks. Yeah, better than well, white quarterbacks. It's, it's I mean, happened with his legs, and I can usually get you know twenty or thirty rushing yards at him, so that's good for a few points. Yeah, I mean a few points is, yeah, I mean, like when you have a quarterback that's going to get you like twenty five passing points, two or three more rushing points, awesome. Now he's at twenty eight, but like when he's going to like between like nine and like twelve, it doesn't make him startable. Like no, I, I mean I just there's nobody else out there that I'm comfortable starting. If you know. If the playoffs start and Greg Jennings comes back healthy and looks good and, you know, the, the, the Broyles thing works out and he starts playing big for, for Detroit, then I would consider starting four wide receivers and benching Locker. Um, I, it's, it's, it's definitely possible. I, if I were you, I would keep that into consideration. Are you worried at all that if you make the finals, Foster could be resting the way Houston's yeah. looking? You, you, you've been saying that for weeks now, and it's been in the back of my mind. Um you know, I've got to almost hope that Houston loses another game just so that things stay interesting for them because he's got, you know, they, they said at one point this year they'd have no problem giving him 400 touches, and he, he's not far off from that. <laughs> so they play at New England in Week 14. If they win that, they're going to they're a one seed. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, the other thing that bodes poorly for Foster is that New England's New England's rush defense is a lot better than it's been in recent years. Like, New England's defense doesn't get a lot of credit, and their secondary is still terrible. It gets no credit because they've, they've been awful. Twice this year, and they've got a decent front four, and they've got a decent linebacking core. Like, it's not as bad as people make it out to, set, to seem. No, and I mean, once upon a time, Belichick was a defensive genius that could do anything with mediocre players, so... Yeah, and I mean, as much as I hate the Patriots and I hate Belichick, I mean, I still think he's a great coach, and I still, you know, never count the Patriots out of anything. And their defense is turning around, you know. The, they, and again, this doesn't affect Foster. This is just more like an NFL note. I thought that the, the Tlaib trade was, was great for them. Oh, it was. Because, and, and to, to their credit, I mean, New England's the kind of team that has no problem cutting ties with someone the second they step out of line. You know, as opposed to the Jets where, you, you know, you get 15 strikes before you're out. As soon as you start screwing up, the Patriots cut you. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a great move because, you know, it's the kind of thing where if it works out, then they just picked up, like, their first good quarterback in five years. And if it doesn't work out, they send him packing. Yeah, I mean, have they had a decent quarterback since Asante left? I mean, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, the one guy that looked like he had potential for them was Devin McCourty. Yeah. And that moved him to safety because he's been so bad. Yeah, I actually think McCourty made a Pro Bowl one year, but it was kind of a joke. Like, he wasn't His- good. Well, 
Well, his rookie year is his rookie year. He looked like he had a ton of he played well his rookie year, and it looked like it was the kind of thing. Well, oh, if that's what he did as a rookie, then you know he has nowhere to go but up from here. But I mean, he he definitely hasn't replicated that season. And the other problem with the Pro Bowl a lot of times is that they give. Uh, they give Pro Bowl slots and, and, and defensive awards to guys with a lot of interceptions. Of and, and quarterback, it's the kind of thing where you shouldn't have a lot of interceptions because nobody should be throwing at the best quarterbacks. Yep. It's, I, mean, um, and I, say, I mean, I say that as a huge Darrell Rivas fan. I feel like Darrell Rivas, I mean, he gets a ton of credit, but Darrell Rivas could be, you know, given even more credit. You know, he lost out in Defensive Player of the Year a couple of years ago to, to Woodson. And they say, you know, as well, look at all the interceptions that Woodson has. And Revis doesn't have any, and and that's because if you watch Jets games when they're playing better than they are this year, and when Revis is healthy, they literally throw at Revis five times a game. Maybe he he just shuts down half the field. That's why Nandi's got no picks for the Eagles. They're afraid to throw at him. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell happened to him, but he, that that's going to go down as one of the worst signings in a while. He did an interview in Philly radio like a week or two ago, saying like really humbly being like, I'm really sorry to Eagles fans. Like, I suck. Like, I'm not worth this money. I don't know what happened to me. I'm, I haven't been good for you. It's, it's, like, really honest, actually, to hear a player say that. You know, I, I didn't know he did that, but I'll give him a ton of credit for it. And I mean, I think I read somewhere the other problem is, and I don't know if this is still true, but it was the kind of thing where, like, Revis, they just shadow him on the opponent's best receiver, but Nomni has to play, like, one side of the field. He, he, plays, he plays the right side of the field always. Right. So, I mean, and, and I mean, I guess that makes him vulnerable because – then just put your best guy on the left side of the field. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it's... I don't, I also don't understand how that's possible. Like, I, you know, it, it, if you're a quarterback, like, obviously, right-handed guys are going to favor the right hand, the right side of the field, and left-handed guys are going to favor the left side of the field, but how does that matter for a quarterback? You're just chasing a guy down. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess, if you're more, fa- like, it matters for how you plant, like, if you're more... If you favor planning and cutting off your left leg more than your right leg, it, it does matter. But as a pro athlete, I have to imagine you really should be able to go do both pretty easily. Yeah, I, I really don't understand why, but whatever. I mean, that that's going bad. Do you know, is he going to be back next year, or is it the kind of thing where he just doesn't have enough guaranteed money to bring him back? Uh, yeah, I really don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they if he's not back. I mean, we just caught Babin this week. Like, Yeah, I actually was stunned by that, especially because... I didn't realize until I saw that he got cut that his year had been so, like, mediocre. Yeah, it was mediocre, but, I mean, I wasn't a fan of him either. Yeah, I mean, over the past three years, they they said it everywhere. He's, like, number three in the NFL in sacks. Yeah, well, so I don't watch a ton of Eagles games because I'm an AFC fan, and normally their games don't matter to me. I pretty much only watch them when they're on primetime or against the Giants, but... I was at the Jets Eagles game last year, and, and and that goes down as the worst thing I've ever been I, I've seen live. You know, the Patriots game. People kept talking about how bad the Patriots game was last week, but actually, it wasn't as bad as the Eagles Jets game last year. The Eagles were up thirty five nothing by like the ten minute mark in the second quarter. I actually don't remember that game that well, to be honest. Um, well, the Eagles were out of it. That, that game. Going into that game, the Jets were eight and five, and the Eagles were five and eight. So the Eagles were pretty much out of it. Oh, and we we and ended we your season. Fifteen on a Sunday, and it was like nine degrees that day. I was freezing. I was in the top row of the stadium too, which sucked because there was nothing protecting me from the wind. But anyway, it was like the only time Philly like Philly fans have ever been nice to opposing fans because I think they actually felt bad like beating up a cripple. Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, Sanchez. I think Sanchez got sacked four times by Babin in that game alone. Yeah, Babin had his big games. Like his sacks would always come. He had like a, a few three and four sack games. I think like they weren't spread out consistently. Yeah, it, it's really insane. So I don't know. All right, but, so uh, 
So that was yeah. Let's go on to another match. Yeah, because this is running pretty long. Are you um? No, this is a good podcast. We're getting very in depth here. Um, are you so? Are you going to beat Moose? Yes or no? Yeah, I'm going to beat Moose. I'm going to take care of business. I'm not losing to a guy who's won two games in the last two months. I agree. I'm going to be kind of rooting for you in the playoffs, but maybe not. We'll see how I feel. Um, yeah, let's, see. Let, let's let's go through Noah's team for a second. He's another seven and five. Yeah. So as I said before, I think the Gronk injury. If Gronk comes back, it's huge because I don't think Noah's enough firepower to compete without him. Yeah, I agree. Well, so I mean, I mean Kaepernick's I mean, nice. He's he's a fancy upgrade over Alex Smith. Absolutely. And Brady and Ridley's had his fair games, but like, the thing that annoys me about Kaepernick is that I actually had a waiver claim in for Kaepernick the week that he got picked up. Yeah. And then they said that Smith was going to start, so I, I dropped you know the waiver claim because there was no reason to pick him up. And now I wish I'd gone through because I would have gotten him over Noah. And you'd be and starting him I over Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Yeah, I mean that would have been actually that would have been a game changer for you. That would have been a huge difference. Yeah, that would have been nice. But so anyway, I mean Tom Brady, uh, especially going against Miami this. I mean, if we're just talking about this week, you know, Tom Brady's going to tear Miami apart. I, I think so too. Whatever got into Miami for three weeks in the middle of the season to make them play well has completely evaporated. They're they're garbage. And I mean, well, we we said earlier how Breeze is kind of Breeze and Peyton Manning have tailed off a little bit. Brady's got thirty points three of his last four. Like Brady's heating up and hitting his stride right now. Hey, listen, he's he's Tom Brady, and it's the second half of the season. When I was watching the Jets uh, pass last week, they showed that in the last I guess now this is like two and a half years, the the Patriots haven't lost a game in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna. Well, they play Houston, but except for that, they're gonna win every game, and they they could beat Houston actually. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's incredible. I feel like the Patriots. I'm giving the Patriots a lot of credit, which I think kills me. But it feels like the Patriots aren't getting the credit this year than they have in previous years, and a lot of that has to do that they've got three ugly losses on their schedule. Um, that Arizona loss was awful. That was bad. And I, I'm trying to remember the other two, but yeah, they have I mean, three. They have three pretty bad losses I'm on their schedule. Right now, they, they, really they lost to the Jets at home too, but the Jets made sure that they didn't. Did they lose at Seattle? They did. They lost at Seattle on a play where they uh, Russell Wilson dropped back and fired a bomb, and I think it was Sidney Rice just got behind everyone in the Patriots secondary because that's not very hard to do. Yeah. And and they scored like at the end of the game with like three minutes left and. So that was a bad loss, but I mean, in, in the Patriots' defense, I don't know that there's a tougher road game than Seattle on the schedule. Uh, yeah, pro- everyone says that, so that's probably true. I think their third loss was at Baltimore week three. It was. That was the game where th- they were still, you know, it's almost like they lost a couple games with replacement officials, so it almost, it's like it deserves, they, they, they almost shouldn't count. That was that Sunday night game where the entire uh, Ravens stadium was chanting bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, I remember that. There were like a million penalties in that game. I don't know that New England actually deserved to lose that game. Uh, no. They played really well in that one. They, they didn't play well in the other two losses, but they may not have deserved to lose that Baltimore game. Um, but at this point, I mean, New England's going to pretty much run the table, except for maybe Houston. And they're playing Houston at home, so I have a hard time believing that Houston's going to go into New England and win because it's, like, impossible to do, but... Uh, so anyway, more of Noah's team. Uh, Ridley, I don't trust because I don't. I don't know what's with New England's backfield. They've got all these guys. They've got Ridley. They've got Vereen, and they've got Woodhead. And I guess Ridley's the guy that's been getting the lion's share of the touches. But 
I mean, Ridley's yeah, having the best. Sort of Ridley's having the best running back season of any past running back in the past four or five years. It's not saying anything, but you're no, right. it's it's not like they, but they always have this like juggled backfield, and he's he's had a better season than a Patriots back usually does. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, ben Jarvis Green Ellis is. I don't know, but they're playing San Diego, and San Diego's really awful. He's coming up two straight 100-yard touchdown games. Like he's This is this is true. I mean, he could definitely have a good week. Brandon Marshall's awesome. Um, yeah, he, he's actually been— wide receiver, no question. Yeah, if I, I even feel like he's like not even getting the credit he deserves. Like, if I redrafted Wiles today, like, Brandon Marshall might be my first wideout I took. I, I would agree with that. Um, Decker is— Another guy that you never know what's going to happen. But, I mean, Matt Manning has just shown a clear preference for Thomas, and that's hurt Decker a lot. Yeah, and Brandon Stokely is getting more involved each week. Like, his targets are going up a lot, and he kind of, he's a very are. similar I mean, he player. Actually, to... He was involved in that atrocious interception the other day where Kansas City basically just took it out of his hands. But... Yeah, I mean, you, you can't have but that many white... Much involved in the passing game. You can't have that many white wideouts, like, playing at a time. So, like, if Stokely's playing, this is going to be at Decker's expense. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Steve Smith. He's not good. Great, he, he's not good. Because Cam Newton's not year. good. Yeah, you know, the more I look at this team, the more question marks I see. Scott Chandler sucks. Like you said, the Gronk injury just kills this team. Yeah, I mean, Gronk, Gronk was hitting his stride. Is like, he's doing what he did last year. You, you had him. I mean, he, like, Gronk and Brady together could have won Noah any matchup on a good week. I, I agree. And, and so, like, so that like, Gronk injury is a killer for him. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously he upgrades a quarterback, so that kind of softens the blow a little. You know, points he, he loses from Gronk, he kind of gets back a little from Kaepernick, probably. He pro, he pro, on an average week, yes, but he's what he loses is like a thirty-five point potential. Yeah, no, I mean I absolutely agree. Listen, it's definitely a net loss. It just it's you know if he had just done the one for one swap, Scott Chandler for for Gronkowski, he would be in even worse position. No, you're um, right. Uh, Ka- Kaepernick. The, is the Cardinals' defense, on the other hand, this week at least is going to have a field day with the Jets. Um, they're yeah. going to sack the living shit out of Mark Sanchez. You know that said, like about Kaepernick to go back, like sure he's been good in his two starts, but there's no guarantee he's going to play well. I mean, he started two games in his life. Yeah. No, there's no guarantee. This is definitely more hype than it is anything. Like, he's pro- like Kaepernick's probably more downside than Alex Smith did, too. Like, Alex Smith was a pretty safe bet for 15 points or so. Uh, I, I don't know that I agree with you on that. I, I don't see Kaepernick coming in. I mean, the thing is that the Niners are good enough, and they have enough on offense other than quarterback that I just don't see anybody coming out and having a really big, like, just dud start. You know, if nothing else, he can throw short to, to Vernon Davis. I don't know. Um, All right. I, I don't know that Kaepernick's any worse than Smith, even on his worst day, but we'll see. Maybe, you're um, right. The, the other team that's definitely worth talking about, how many, we did Yoni, we did Priest, we did, we've done all the seven and fives except for Fuse. Except for Fuse, so you mentioned Vernon Davis, let's head right over to rock that, out that with, well. rock Vernon out with Davis, our missed out. Vernon Davis, one of Fuse's big trades, who isn't even starting for him in the biggest game of the year. Who, who'd you say? Vernon Davis, one of one of Fuse's big acquisitions, and he's not even starting. Well, he wasn't an acquisition. He was a fourth-round draft pick. Oh, was he? I thought that he traded for Davis. No, no, he drafted both Gronk. Did he traded? He didn't. Oh no, he traded Gronk away and kept Davis. You're right. You're right. He drafted two tight ends and then traded Gronk away. It's it's much publicized. Yeah, Yeah, Vernon Davis not starting. Wow. Oh. I mean, I agree. You can't start a guy who hasn't done anything in, like, three weeks. But uh, He had 17 other, two weeks ago. 
Fuse was talking to me about this earlier today, and I refused to give him my thoughts on anything because I want Fuse to lose to make my playoff chances higher. But uh, he chose to sit Michael Turner, which has come back to bite him in the ass. Uh, yeah, Turner right now has got 13 points. He's got a touchdown early and, yeah, set 76 yards. There's no way that both Reggie Bush and Beanie Wells are breaking 13 this week. Um, no, but that's – I mean, he'd obviously be starting Turner over Wells. It's possible Wells has a good game and not Bush, but – We'll see. I don't think they're. I don't think they're both going to top Turner's performance. Um, you know, Rogers. Rogers should have a good week. Minnesota's not very good. He's back home. He's coming off a bad loss. The Packers don't normally put together two really bad performances in a row. Um, I think he'll be good on Rogers. I think his running backs are terrible. Andre, John, Andre Johnson's come back alive. That's nice. Denarius Moore gets to face a bad Cleveland secondary, and then we talked about Knicks. So, so obviously, I mean, everyone still has Rogers from last two or three years, that vision of him in his head. But his last four games, 15-27, 15-12. That's three yeah. not good games. Look at his yards. His high in yards the past four weeks is 236. Yeah. He hasn't right. hit 250. And, and, and these are, no, and you're right. And these aren't against the best defenses in the league by any stretch. Uh, no, they're not. I mean, I, I, I actually I remember talking to you last year all the time, like weeks 8, 9, 10, when Rodgers unstoppable. And we were both saying, like, We've never seen anyone play quarterback like this. Like it's too good, and yeah. and apparently it was too good because because right. he can't play that. Like he's like that was just his that was his career year. Like he's not that player every year. No, you're absolutely right. He, you're right. No, no nobody really can play that well. No, it was um, it was impossible, and he didn't towards the end. But Rodgers threw like until up until they lost to KC last year, which was un- unbelievably amazing. Yeah, no, I, and I still really don't know how that happened. Oh, shit. Just, Rutgers is about to lose. We don't care about Rutgers, Vigo. I know, but I know a bunch of people that went to Rutgers, so that sucks for them. Anyway. Do um, they listen to this podcast? They do not. So, <laughs> case, to this play to the audience, Vigo. That's like, that's media well, 101. I, I don't want my advertisers to pull out. This is true. All right. Uh, and then Flacco, I mean... There's nothing left to say about Flacco. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I hate Joe Flacco. I don't, I don't know what he's going to be this week. I, I think he's, you know, I think he's Mark Sanchez with a slightly better team around him. I don't think he's going to have a great game against Pitt. I mean, Pitt, no, Pittsburgh knows how to play him. No, I, I mean, you're right. And, I mean, I'm just looking at his last, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his season now, and he's had – Two good games since week five? I mean, is 15 points from a quarterback anything special? I don't no, think it is. No. no. He's got eight, 15, five, bye week, 13 against Cleveland, 36, and then six, and then 22. You know, so, and that's nothing special. I mean, Pittsburgh beat him up last time. He threw for 164 and no touchdowns. It's, yeah, I mean, so he's, he's, I, 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 And you know what, Hudson, I wrote this earlier this week. The thing about Hudson is that, I mean, Hudson's team has been pretty bad the last few weeks, but his team could erupt and just destroy Fuse. Yeah, there was like a four-game stretch in the middle of the season where Hudson actually was like had the most points like every week in a row. Yeah, no, you're absolutely the right. The problem with Hudson's team now, I mean, we don't even need to go through it that much, but Forte's hurt. We don't know what's going to happen. Mike Wallace apparently lost his starting job to Emmanuel Sanders. Mike Tomlin's yeah, really down on him. Uh, Jay Cutler is, is Jay Cutler. Yeah. And Eli... And Seattle's got a good – well, actually, I don't know what Seattle's defense is going to be now that they, they just lost their, their secondary. I mean – Seattle had a good had a good uh, secondary until they, they were all suspended. Yeah, and Eli's going against the Redskins. They'll have a good game, but uh, that's, that's probably it. Like, I don't – I really can't see Fuse losing this game. 
Yeah, I don't think Fuse is going to lose this game, which will be good for him because if Fuse winds up missing the playoffs, that's going to be one of the more epic collapses because for most of the season, Fuse was the third team. Uh, yeah, he was until he made one trade too many and overmanaged himself out of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. And, you know, and Fuse, Fuse for a long time talked to me about trying to do trades and I, I mean, there's. I, I mean, it's almost like playing fantasy football. I see why there's a reason that that teams don't do trades. It's because there's just too much unpredictability with a lot of guys to really trust any trade you made. And and, and there was no trade that I saw this year that I that, that I got that I really liked. And Fuse was just really trade happy. What has he made? Like three of them. He's made three huge trades. I'm, yeah. When he trades guys, he doesn't do like small one for one swaps. He does team altering trades. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I'm I'm trying to look right now at. Fuse is starting, I think, uh, I think Fuse is starting Reggie Bush um, and Joe Flacco. Maybe the only two players he drafted that he's starting. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I'm not sure if he, he drafted Denarius Moore. Every single other person. But, I mean, his entire, like, his entire team is different than draft day. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, if he, if he gets into the playoffs, he, he's got a chance. I don't think he's got a great chance. I think if he makes the playoffs, he's going to be one of the two worst teams there. Well, I agree. And the other thing to think about is, like, what you said was actually true. He was the third team pretty much in terms of record and points after Elsie and Lionel. Up, so why did he make the trade with Anton? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, his, his team was thing, good. The, one thing I'll say is that, look, if why did he blow up his team? last year Aaron Rodgers, that would have been a brilliant trade. I know, but like, I think he was six and three at the time. He was third or fourth in points scored. Like, why, why blow that up? He wasn't like trying to upgrade one position. He traded away three starters. Yeah, no, I, I really don't know what the hell he was thinking. Um, well, I'm sure we'll get an email response tomorrow morning, and uh, I, I assume that's a safe. And he'll defend it. So, so that was all the playoff teams. Let's run through. Um, so I think we have everyone winning except for Yoni, which would mean. He would be the odd man out, and you, Fuse, Priest, and Noah would get in. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, I do think that that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I think the, that's... the only the, the only the only possible difference is there is if, if Moose beats me, I think he takes my spot, and if um, if Yoni beats and, Priest, and if Yoni beats Priest, which definitely isn't impossible. I mean, Yoni could absolutely. No, Yoni's got Yoni's got a, like Calvin Johnson, Doug Martin can swing a game. And right, listen, I'm rooting for Yoni to beat Priest because I really don't want to play Priest in the playoffs. I think that anybody that has to go through both Priest and Lamb Chop is just dead. Uh, I think that's true. So, so let, let's wrap it up. What do you think uh, LC's chances of winning the league are right now? If you had to guess, I, I mean, I think he's got to be the, the prohibitive favorite going in, even with the other two guys playing really well. Um, put put a percentage think, to it if you just try. I'm sorry, say that again? Put a percentage to it. 25%, 50%? No, I, I think Chop's probably got something like a 70% chance of winning. Um, he's definitely shown – if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have said he had a 90% chance of winning. Uh, even but, 70 is too high. I'd, I'd give him yeah. probably 50. 50 – like him versus field, I think, is pretty even bet. I mean, whoever he – I mean, the, you know, whoever he faces in – the problem is that, the you know – after first place, the other five seeds kind of don't matter in terms of team strength anymore. 
No, um, they don't. But, you know, Lamb Chop's team has clearly been the best team during the regular season, but two through six are just going to almost be like – so, you know, whichever team he winds up facing, it's not like whichever team he winds up facing. You know, let's say that the six seed beats the three seed in the first round and that's who Lamb Chop plays. You wouldn't automatically think, oh, well, he's, you know, he's facing a, a weak opponent. No. Um, you know, the, you're the, right. six seed, the six seed could really be anybody. Uh, yeah, it, it could be. I mean, it could be Lionel, very likely. Right, so I, I don't know who he's going to get, but um, I think that I, I think if, if Lamb Chop didn't make the finals, I'd be surprised. I think that's true. He'll, he'll only have to win one game, and he has, like he hasn't had a bad week, so we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, let, let's not forget that. I mean, Lamb Chop lost last week, but he put up like 145 and a half points. Oh, he had the third highest score of the week. Yeah, right. you, know, you know, he just and and if he had played Julio Jones. Although, you know, not not to get into too many what-ifs. If he played Julio Jones, he might have won, but I think he would have played Julio Jones over T.Y. Hilton. He, he would have. Sorry, not over Cecil Shorts, rather. No, no, no. Cecil Shorts. I actually I saw Lamb Chop last week. He was in Philly Thanksgiving. We talked about it. He would have played him over Ty Hilton. That would not have made the difference. Uh, all right, well then, so you never know. I mean, But now he's got Julio Jones back, so... You know he's got his he's got his best roster back, so we'll see what happens. He's got Julio Jones back, but right now he's got fourteen and a half points near the end of the third quarter with all of Breeze, Jones, and Graham. So not yeah. looking not looking great, but so it's only uh, only three players. Yeah, well, we will see how this plays out. I see that Moose just got two and a half more points, so that sucks. But anyway, I will see you Sunday, Darth. I will see you Sunday, Vigo. Thanks for coming on the pod, and good luck this weekend. I'm, I'll be rooting for you to make the playoffs. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later, Darth. See ya.